Thanks for tuning in to the New Cove Podcast. Subscribe to get a new sermon right to your device each week. For more information or to reach out to someone, go to newcove.com. Now enjoy this sermon. Rest of that story in the, in the message, uh, I remember Nicole when she was in junior high. She's part of the junior high group. I, every time I come up, I feel older and older and older. Well, good morning, New Cove. It's good to be with you. And as you've heard, there's a lot of exciting things that are taking place. This is the last week of our Think series. I hope you've enjoyed it. We started it off with uh, Think In, and we looked at habits, and we talked. I challenged you to look at the system that you're building on. If you remember, Daniel did what he always had done. He went to the room, and he prayed three times a day. He built on this system and it was, it was good for him. It developed these habits. Uh, the second week, Pastor Jared did uh, uh, look, uh, think small. And we were talking about our connection groups and the importance about getting involved in smaller groups. And then we kicked off our small groups that, that week. Last week, we had a guy that didn't have any enthusiasm at all. <clears throat> I don't know how many came up to me and said, can you be the pastor of this church? Uh, B.T. Lewis was awesome, and he talked on evangelism and getting out and how the community comes together and what he's doing in southwest Fresno and what we're doing here, and it's a beautiful partnership. And it's amazing to me when he, when he came up here how many people he had already knew, already knows in our community that have been working for the betterment of our community. That hats off to New Covenant Community Church and hats off to you who have been over the years doing great work that a lot of times doesn't go noticed. And so here we have uh, a pastor uh, in BT. By the way, we had to cancel the summit today because they're all going down to support him uh, and at 10 o'clock at his service today, which is awesome. If those kind of connections can continue, the heart of this church, you're starting to see what my heart is. That we love, that we're kind. And because of that, this platform that we call the gospel can go forth. So we're going to finish up today with uh, think big. And it's not, you know, thinking big, accomplish those goals. It's as Nicole said, it's doing it together in team and empowering others. And Jesus has an example of that. We're going to be looking at that today. Last week, uh, I'm a part of a symmetry group that got going a long time ago. And for those that are new, let me just give you what a, in a nutshell, what a symmetry group is. It's a hobby that you enjoy doing that you're going to bring other people in to do. And as you do that, you, you invite non-believers to this group and and then you share your faith, you, you talk about finance, you talk about family, and it's an opportunity to share with people that don't know Christ through a hobby that you love. Mine, one of mine is fishing. And so this group has been together for about 10 years, and uh, we went to Cabo uh, last uh, couple weeks ago, and we did a, our whole bill fishing thing, and it was, it was awesome. And we had a couple guys that we invited in, to share Christ with him. But during that week, there's something that happened that we were not planning on. And that was a hurricane decided to come up. And uh, a hurricane needs four things to be a hurricane. At first, it was just this topical, uh, tropical depression. But a hurricane needs low pressure, warm temperatures, uh, winds, 
that start near the equator and moist air. If those four things happen, then you have the development of a hurricane, and a hurricane causes a lot of chaos. Um, it wasn't much. We weathered it. We can, we can say that we went through a, a hurricane, but it messed up our fishing on Friday because the marina had to be sh- shut down. As we look through this empowering others, we're going to see on the positive side, Jesus pulls in 12 disciples. He pulls it with low pressure. He pulls them in and he he brings them into the fold and then he builds them up and then he trains them and then he sends them out. The hurricane messed up our fishing. The gospel message, when we start bringing people in, when we start building people up, when we start training a few around us and we send them out, what happened in the gospel? It turned it upside down. Those 12 disciples turned the world upside down to the fact that we're here today sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. So today is Think Big. Let me, if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark. We're going to pick up a very informal kind of conversation, Mark 10. And I'm going to read through verse 45, so don't we stand? We'll get into this. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do, uh, do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right hand and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. You can drink the cup I drink or uh, can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism uh, I am baptized with. But... To sit at my right or left is not for you to grant. These places belong to those whom they, uh, whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they came indignant. When, uh, with James and John, Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave to all. Even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the worship. We thank you for the things that are happening here at, at, on this campus at New Covenant Community Church and the spirit that's moving outside this campus into our community and into the world. Father, we come now with a message to think to think big. What is it that you want us to do? What are those things that we need to be a part of? Who do we need to be a part of? So bless this time. In your son's name we pray, amen. The question becomes is uh, uh, how do you measure true greatness? And it's been around forever, hasn't it? Who's the greatest of them all? If you were to look at uh, a, an investment magazine or Forbes, you would say that they would identify greatness as who's making the money, who's making the cash, how are those businesses growing? 
If you were to look in the sports world, you're, you would go, who's the greatest of them all? Who's, are they MVPs or how many championships do they have? Are they getting the scoring title? Uh, People magazine, if you were to look at people or us or I or them or all those magazines that are out there, what do they, uh, what do, what's greatness? How pretty you are, how popular you are. When I was a kid, when I was like six years old, I remember playing with the neighborhood boys, and I would say something like this, my dad can beat up your dad. Anybody ever say that like that? My dad can take your dad. My dad's greater than your dad. It's something that we've been around. It's something that's been around for, for years, and, and Jesus is going to deal with this. He's going to deal with this with the disciples. It's a... Uh, uh, it's a a question that's been asked forever. And it shouldn't surprise us that the ones closest to Jesus are struggling with the same thing. Who's the greatest? It starts off where where James and uh, John, they're they're sitting there, you know, can you do this one thing for me? Just look at those first few verses that take place, the pride that they have within them. Jesus, can you take care of this for me? It's like going up to my mom and dad, mom, just give me a blank check. I'll fill it in. The pride and the arrogance that they have to say, hey, can you do this for us? We have a question that we want you to do. We want you to do this for us. And they ask, we want to sit at the right and we want to sit at the left. Why? Why do they want to do this? They want this because they... Jesus' ministry is coming to an end. His reign here on earth is coming to an end. And they are thinking of the political realm. They're thinking of what's taking place politically, that Rome is going to go and that Jesus is going to see this kingdom in. And they want to be right there for their glory. They want to be famous. They want to look good. They want to be respected. And the best way to do that is sit at the right and left hand of God the Father. Can we sit there? See, the one thing, as I'm writing some of this down, as the hurricane is taking place and taking some notes down, the one thing that I realize about the Christian faith is we're one generation from being extinct. Just one generation. Of, of being extinct. The reason you are here today is probably because somebody shared with you, somebody asked you, someone brought you to church. They shared with you the, the gospel message. Psalm 78.4, we'll read it again later. We will not hide these truths from our children, but we will teach the next generation. It's our duty to pass on the gospel. It's our duty. And Jesus didn't do it to everybody. He didn't try to bring everybody in. He took the 12 and he invested in them. It's going to come up on your screen, but if you want to be big, if you want to be big, if you want to be great in God's eyes, you need to be a servant to all. It's a bold statement. When, when James and John says, hey, we want to sit on your, on your right. And what was the response? What was the, look at verse 40, 41. When the other 10 disciples heard about this, they became indignant. They became ticked off. 
Have you ever been in a room, maybe it's a business meeting that's taking place, and one guy says what everybody else is thinking, and he's the first one to say it, and everybody goes, oh, that guy, he's rude. Why? Because you wanted to say it, and you didn't. That's what's going on right here. The other 10 are mad. Why are they mad? Not because they're, they're, they're so prideful that they would say that. They're upset. They're mad because they didn't. There's this, so there's this prideful ask, and there's this jealous response that takes place. And these are the disciples that are going to turn the world upside down. They still don't get it. They still don't understand They're in process. I want you to notice how Jesus responds to them. He doesn't criticize them. He doesn't point them out at their flaws and what they said and the jealous behavior or or, uh, the prideful uh, uh, question that they asked. He doesn't make fun of them. He doesn't make a scene with them. He says this, He says, you know that those who have been uh, regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them, not with you. Instead, whoever whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Notice how he responds. Here's your first feeling if you're filling in. Thinking big is serving others for the glory of God. You want to be big? Serve by aiming for their greatness more than we aim for our own, for other people's greatness. It's uh, one of the things that I, I hope that my DNA comes through with my kids, that it's not about us. It's not about me. It's about others. And there are times where I want it to be about me. There are times when I want people to know all the other steps that took place that needed to take place for this to take place. But that's not what God wants. All that's going to come out in the wash. How are we helping? How are we serving? How are we helping those around us? Today, a lot of us will leave here today and we're going to go watch football. And if we were to, if I had up on the screen right now, we had Bill Walsh. And we could see all the people that he mentored over the years, all the people that he coached up, all the ones that he invested in. And a group of those guys are head coaches now in the NFL, good coaches in the NFL. Why? Because Bill invested in them. He served them. This is what our team culture is going to be. The best way to think big is to pursue greatness for someone else. Luke 14, 11 says this, who exalt, He who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Write it down, memorize it. When that, when that prideful peace comes back to you, he who humbles himself will be exalted. He who is exalted will be humbled. Jesus says at the end, if you want to be first, you must be a slave to all. So we're walking down after the, uh, the city is a mess. Cabo's a mess because of the hurricane. 
and everything flows into the, into the bay. It's one big, these streets are basically just runoffs into the, into the harbor. So we're walking along to see what's going on, and Jeff and I are walking, and I'm not paying any attention to what's going on around me, just trying to figure out what's opening. Oh, well, it's a mess. And he and I are just having our own little conversation, and Steve and Tim were behind us. And I go, where are they? And I turned around, and they're talking to people. They don't even talk Spanish. Well, what in the world is going on? They're fixing a lady's tire who she had blown out. Sometimes we can get so focused on what we want to do that we don't see the things around us where there was this opportunity. It was a great opportunity. We went back there and, and, and helped, them, uh, helped them out. So uh, next we see through this piece right here is what I said earlier is, and if you're filling in, thinking big is reaching out, is, is reaching out to many but training a few. Jesus invested in the few. He shared the word of God. He lived out the word of God. He didn't criticize them when they didn't get it, when they did the wrong things. He kept pouring into them. We can't hit everybody. You can't train everybody. But you can invest in a few. Notice what uh, 2 Timothy 2.2 says. All the, all the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to liable men who will also be qualified to teach others. What's Paul saying to Timothy? He's saying, Timothy, you have a new assignment. I've modeled, I've taught, I've done a lot of things for you. You've watched what's going on. You have a new assignment. I want you to find some reliable, reliable men and I want you to pour into them. I want you to pour into them what I have poured into you. Why? Because there are times in our life where those, those one, two, or three people in our lives, we need, to, we need to focus in on them. And it's not just saying the good things. It's not just saying the fun things. Brad Hemingway and Don Turney were my two youth pastors at Northwest Church and they invested in me. And they, they would pull me aside, and they would say things. They would say, Scott, as a man talks, so is his heart. When I was young, and I had a potty mouth. Oh, you heard me say that? Yeah. But it didn't stop there. That's as you're grown. That's those are the adolescent years where you're just maybe careless with what you say. And I go, oh, I don't want that. I don't, I don't want that to be me. And then as I got older, when I was helping run the high school group over there at Northwest, Don said to me, he, he said, Scott, you can't please everybody. You're a people pleaser. You can't do that. I want to hear that. So it's not just saying the fun things. It's not just saying the encouraging things. It's not just saying, man, you're really gifted in this area. It's also saying the tough things. Why? Because we want to move people in a direction. We want people to get better. We want the gospel message and all its truth and all its glory to be lifted on high. Paul 
was empowering Timothy to be great. And now he's telling Timothy to go empower other people to, to be great. We see it throughout Scripture, right? Uh, Elijah, Elijah invested in Elijah. Sounds the same. Okay, and what did, what did Elijah say after that? He says, give me a double portion of what I saw in my brother. Eli, the high priest, invested in Samuel. Barnabas found John Mark and made him greater than himself. Moses got the law. Joshua got to take them into the promised land. Throughout Scripture, we see men and women who invested in people, empowered people. And what happens when we do that, when we're based on the truth, when we're based on the gospel, good things happen. Good things happen. Jesus appointed the 12 that they, may, uh, that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. One of the best ones, it's, it's weird. I, I had put down John the Baptist when I was writing this down, and John the Baptist was the study that we did on Wednesday night. It's the study that Ron did on Friday morning in the, in the men's group. And I often pray this, and uh, I was just reminded how much I, John the Baptist is near and dear to, to my heart because he just, he kind of, when Jesus was baptizing more people, the disciples of John the Baptist went, hey, John, Jesus is baptizing more. You're losing your spiritual mark. He's, he's taking it over. And you know what John the Baptist's response was in that time? He, he said this, I must decrease so that he can increase. Remember those old Nokia phones, those cell phones? That, you, know, you could change the colors on the faces and things like that. They were one of the first ones that came out. Well, one of the cool things that you could do is at the, you could put your name, you could text your name in on the, on the top part of that screen. And I remember what I, what I put on mine. God big, me small. Every time that screen came up, it was a constant reminder of who's sovereign and who is in control and, and where I sit in all that. So John, John's sole purpose, his sole purpose was to make people greater than himself, was to make sure that Jesus was better than himself. Not Jesus was better than himself, that Jesus was seen as the one. So Jesus pulls the disciples in. Notice this in Matthew 4, 19. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. He brought them in. How do you, how do you impact other people's lives? How do you find how do you, uh, the people that you want to empower for the gospel message that you want to invest in? How do you do that? You bring them in. As BT said last week, you have a conversation. Are they re- you, you look, as, as Paul challenged Timothy, are they reliable? Like I said, Don and Brad invested in my life. And Don actually gave Pastor Jan my name to start the junior high group here. And I asked him, I said, Don, why did you do that? Why did you give Jan my name? And 
he said, Scott, you love people. You love God. And I see those things in you. You're the perfect guy. You know how to do it. And that started this, this journey. And it started because I trusted him. He invested in me. I trusted him. And it took my, took my life. In the youth group, there were a few guys that came in about the same time I had taken over this, the high school group. And uh, it was uh, Denver Stairs, Brent Walker, John Bartell, and Lauren Pankratz. And then there's, there's stages. And I remember taking those, those kids, those young men, and just investing in them. Sharing. And I look around, and even Nicole on the screens, I, I just go, these kids, the things that they're doing out, not just in this community, but in Utah and in other places, here in town, running their businesses, taking their kids to church, bringing their kids up in the Nurture and Mission Lord, it's heartwarming. So what does that mean for us? Thinking big starts by looking under your roof. That's where it starts. It starts there. You know what COVID has done to the, the church? You know the group that has had the toughest time coming back? Families. Young families. You know all this is happening because of COVID and because it's online and this and that? Uh, an apathy that's taking place. Because we're out of fellowship. It's easy to get a coffee. It's easy to be distracted. It's easy to sit down and not knocking it. Those at home, I'm not knocking it. Everybody's got to make the decision that's right. But the fact of the matter is, the one group that's having a tough time coming back are those families fourth grade down. So here's the, here's the message I want you to hear. It starts... By, by uh, it starts under our own roof. It starts parents and grandparents. It's, it's continuing to, to invest in them and give them the word of God. As I, I read earlier, uh, Psalm 78, 4, we will not hide these truths from our children, but we will teach the next generation. How do we do that? So look under your own roof. The other was model the message. They're watching everything you do, everything you say, how you say it. Paul writes, therefore, I urge you to imitate me for this reason. I am sending you Timothy, again, a guy that he invested in, the guy that he empowered, my son whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of the way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with, it, uh, with what I teach everywhere in every church. His message didn't change. He modeled it. What he did in the synagogue is what he did on the road and what he did in other places. He was who he was. He, he, he was a Christ follower and it showed. Parents, just real quick. You can bring your kids to church and hope that Pastor Chip and their team do a really good job. But at the end of the day, what you model 
is going to be what, because more is caught than taught. That's what they're going to gravitate to. Church isn't important to you. It won't be important to them when you want them plugged in in high school. Just playing a game and waiting until their kids graduate and then you're going to stop going, I can't tell you how many families I've seen do that. It, it pans out. Your kids are watching you. Model the message. What do we do? We model our faith. We model lasting values. First um, uh, Corinthians 13 talks about what are those, those values, faith, love, and hope, right? And what's the greatest one? Love. Those are lasting, lasting values. I did a quick little word study on these um, in the Bible. Because if you want to leave a legacy, if you want to leave something, not just be a good person and, and people say nice things about your walk, but you want to leave a Christian legacy. It's faith, love, and hope. Leave a faith legacy. Leave a love legacy. Leave a hope legacy. Hope is found in the Bible 185 times. Faith, 246 times. Love, 733 do you know which word you find more? Those three combined and more? Give. 2,285 times. Now, we don't have time to dig into this. It's a whole sermon series all by itself. But you know why? Because generosity is the practical expression of all three. So what do we do? What do you do with this? One, is it important to you? Only you can decide that. Pray for God's direction. It's cliche. I understand that. Pray for the who. What's that young man? What's that young woman that you're going to invest in? There's a ministry called Heart to Heart. That's here. It's for young, young moms. Some, some ladies with wisdom, years of wisdom, have opened up to share and to pour into those young moms. I guarantee you they'll be, they, will, they will find a connection and there'll be phone calls that take place on I'm dealing with this. And they're going to be able to pour into them. If anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault? And it will be given to you. The disciples prayed, Paul prayed, Timothy prayed, Silas prayed. They all prayed. The question today is, if we're going to think big, start under your roof. Start there. If that's where you need to work, start there. The other piece, who are you investing in? Who are you pouring into? Who are you empowering? Lastly, Discipline yourself to see beyond your own lifespan. A lot of times we get caught up in, in what's taking place right now. We've lost some disciplines in our life because of the pandemic. My house is a mess. They're just, I'm playing catch up. 
on so many things right now that that isn't that wasn't a priority. And I'm like, oh, I got to do something about this. It's been easy to to let some things slide. It's 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 easy to get distracted. Here's what I want us to do: keep the end in mind. So, It's not this pandemic. It's not what's going on. This too is going to pass. We've always need to keep our eyes on him, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Always. And with that, discipline our lives in a manner that keeps that, that that focuses on the end, not just what's going on in the immediate. Paul, again, writes, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, this one thing, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Think in habits, think small, getting connected to the in smaller venues, small groups. Think out evangelism. Think big is who we're investing in and who we're empowering. This whole series was just to take, a, take little pieces of our life and to challenge us to think. Where does the gospel play? Where does it sit as we live out our lives? Todd's going to come forward, uh, and we're going to sing the first song that we sing uh, that we sang today, "Evidence," because it's our life is evidence. A couple pastors will be up here. I'll be up here if you want to pray for that person you're, you're, you want to invest in. If you just need to to get right with God. Who are you bringing into the fold? Whatever those prayer requests are, we want to be available to you as we go out and like the, like the 12, turn this world upside down. Turn this community. Let's start with our community. Let's start there. Why don't we stand?